The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Gutters heard on your left. Hey gang, Kevin Goatee here. And that means it's time for a brand new episode. And hey, fan favorite Shelly Martinez has returned. And yes, she did watch the right movie this time. She chose 1995's Tommy Boy, which I'm sure will anger a ton of you. And guess what else? We've got some cool movies and guests coming up, like National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation and Blade Runner, Chinatown, and there will be blood. Before we get to it, guttingthesacredcow.com has some pretty cool tank tops, shirts, mugs, all that stuff for you to purchase. And you know, it helps us out a little bit. Keep the lights on. And guttingthesacredcow at gmail.com if you want to advertise with us or if you want to drop a note and say hi or a suggestion. We're cool with that too. So, let's start it off with Shelly Martinez attacking Tommy Boy. Gather round, here's what I know. It's just that this cow has got to go. I know some people kind of like it, yeah. I want to speak to Francis. Francis is busy. Busy doing what? He's having his bath. Oh, yeah? Where are they hosing him down at? Delvin Cox, name that film. I fucking know it. Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Yes! Atta boy. Kevin Goatee, Delvin Cox guest hosting, and a fan favorite herself, the beautiful effervescent Shelly Martinez. Shelly, how goes it? It's hot. It's really hot. Summer is definitely here. I live in Southern California. <sighs> Thank God for the AC. That's all I got to say. Yeah. The tank top says it all, kids. That's how hot it is I, out there. Minimal clothing. I appreciate that she has on the Goonies tank top. Well, well I, have it, a I know you guys have done it before. Yeah. Goonies is one of my favorites. Um, but. Correct. I had to I had to do something that was movie theme. I thought it was appropriate to go with Goonies because Goonies never say die, you know. Just like my last episode, but I killed, but I didn't die. (laughs) For those of you who don't remember, and I'm hard pressed to find any fans of this show who can't remember, Shelly is the all one and only uh gutter who watched the wrong movie, but boy, was that a fantastic episode in this episode and yes we did do goonies david the producer i believe that was his first appearance 
did the Goonies. Give that a listen. We're not talking Goonies today. We're talking about a 1990 film that jump-started the career of two people. And that film is Tommy Boy, a 1995 budget, as I had said, uh, $20 million, a box office haul of $32.7 million. Now, turn that into 2022 money. $37.2 million budget, $60.9 million gross. Delvin Cox, it made some money, but it wasn't that huge windfall that people would have assumed that this film created. Yeah. Um, is this around the time where not that many like comedies made that much money? But in general, unless you're Eddie Murphy, I was just going to say, Will Smith, you're yeah. not making money if you make a comedy. So this makes sense. This is a hit. American Pie was like one of the big ones that kind of kicked that in the in the in the ass too with the jump start in the comedies. I gotta think of a few other ones. We can do that in a minute. IMDB, as we all know, is a scale one through ten with decimal points. Shelly, what do you think that Tommy Boy got on the old IMDB? One through ten with decimal points. Dude, people love this film. Like I already knew going into this that people, because people always talk about it. All my friends, whatever. But when I threw when we threw out there on the Twitter, I was like, "Whoa, people are pissed!" <laughs> like mm-hmm. they were like, "How could you not?" Ah. So I gotta say that it's got to be up there. Um, let's go with eight. Eight flat, Delvin Cox. I'm gonna say six point five. Seven point one. Oh. Not bad. Rotten Tomatoes is a score one through 100. Delvin Cox, what did the critics give Tommy Boy? I'm going to say the critics were mid on it. I'm going to say 40%. Shelly Martinez? Let's see. um, 5.8. Well, so 58. It's one through 100. So 58. 58. Delvin Cox is the winner of two showcases. Wow. 41%. I'm a pro at this. <laughs> if this was Price is Right, I totally went over. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. All right. Well, now it's time to play the mountain climber game. Audience score, Shelly, let's see if you can redeem yourself. Audience score, same scale, 1 through 100. What did Tommy Boy get on the Rotten Tomatoes audience score? 60. Delvin Cox. I'm going to say 67. You two fuckers are way off. 90%. Shelly, you said it. People love this film. People love this film. I would have guessed high 80s for sure. 90. 90. Quotes. Brothers don't shake hands. Brothers hug. Boy, Tom, you're a lucky man. I like to get some of that. (laughs) Hey, Gilligan, did you eat the skipper too? And the best quote of this film, that's when the whores come in. Delvin Cox, what quotes jumped out at you, sir? So how do we look? Chubby. Um, the doctors say, I have what the doctors call a little bit of a weight problem. Mm-hmm. And did you eat a lot of paint chips when you were a kid? I know it. Why? <laughs> yeah, that, that, they said that quite a few times in this movie, by the way. Yeah. 
We'll talk about it. Shelly Martinez, any quotes jumping out at you? I had one quote, and I think it's fair to say this because it is in there multiple times. Did you eat paint chips as a kid? Mm -hmm. Because the way I feel about this film, that's exactly how I felt his character was. Did you eat paint chips when you were a kid? Probably. Wow. Was there a paint chip epidemic going on around this time when they were like, hey, stop eating paint chips? No, that's when they recognized that paint chips were a problem and that people were eating them. I don't know. Five fun facts. Five fun facts. Five fun facts for you right now. It's time for five fun more facts. Five fun facts for you right now. Rob Lowe had the David Spade role until David Spade got it. Let's give you both a guess to see if you can figure out who auditioned for the Rob Lowe part. Now, I'll give you a hint. At the time this came out, he just started to me kind of sort of known. Now, today, he's a megastar. But back when this came out, he was a virtual nobody. I think he did one film, maybe. No, he did a couple, right? Yeah. But one film he was known for. Now he's a megastar, but then he was not. Damn. I don't know. I was I was going to say Adam Sandler until you said now he's a megastar. Like, hmm. Wait, I'll go guess. Adam Sandler. Okay. <laughs> I'll go Adam Sandler. Oh, I don't know. Oh, I... I have no idea. That's I fine. Do. Matthew McConaughey. What? Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't expected that. No. Yeah. Number two, uh, Tommy Boy was placed on the notorious, notorious Ebert's most hated list compiled in 2005. How negative was Ebert's review? Quote, no one is funny in Tommy Boy. There are no memorable lines. None of the characters is interesting, are interesting. Use better grammar, Roger. Except for the enigm enigmatic figure played by Rob Lowe, who seemed to have wandered over from Hamlet. So Roger Ebert hated this film. Good to know. You know what else he hated? His jaw, because it withered away from cancer. Oh, come <laughs> on. No. Yeah, just <laughs> Are you booing me on my own show, Shelly? What yes, the fuck? Yes, I am. <laughs> that, that was a solid joke. I'll give it to Thank you. Thank you. Number three... Delvin, this is why you're wrong. Chris Farley wanted Adam Sandler to play uh, Richard, but Sandler oh. was but Sandler was too busy filming Billy Madison. So David Spade, it was. Ah, okay, that makes more sense. That's around this timeline. Number four, Rob Lowe went uncredited in this film because he was contractually obligated to be in Stephen King's The Stand at the same time. Remember that miniseries on uh, on ABC? I actually do. I do too. No. Saw it once. Yeah. Number five, both Chris Farley and David Spade dated Lori Bagley. Who's that? That's the girl in the white bikini at the motel swimming pool. Oh, okay. Can you imagine going from a dude who looks like a blonde toothpick to a morbidly obese guy in the matter of a weeks or months or whatever? I mean, what what a get Shelly, have you ever done that when dating guys? You've ever gone from like a skinny toothpick nerdish guy to a a dude who's, you know, kind of breaks a sweat just bending over tying his shoes? I haven't, but I get it because 
I have been known to be a little bit of like attracted to the, ch- I'm a little bit of a chubby chaser myself. Like I love oh. bigger guys too. Like I had a big crush on John Candy. Like I was <laughs> up with him. Like, so I get it. And at the same time, I've dated guys who are like super skinny as well. So like, I get it, but never has it overlapped for me like that. That. That's a John. You're the only woman I've ever met that say they have a crush on John. Ke- oh my I mean, gosh, I-, I have a crush on him so much. Whenever I watch his movies, oh, I'm just like I love John Candy so much. Can you imagine his mustache and planes, trains, and automobiles tickling the inside of your legs? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I love John Candy. Don't get it twisted, but man, that's a that's a fantasy that no one saw coming. I used to have a huge crush, even though he's not like, he, I feel like he's more of like a burly guy, not so much John Candy-esque, but Will Sasso, I used to love Really? I tried to date him. Like, he told me that it's probably better I didn't, so I did He told you no? He told me that. He said, we were online friends, and um, he was just like, you don't want to date me. You don't like, and I was like, yes, like, let's that's a challenge. It's like, yeah, you do it. That's like the, that's like the reverse, you know, uh, psychology being played. But I kept telling him, yes, let's hang out. Let's go like whatever. Like, let's see if there's like a, cause we were online friends and we still follow each other. And, um, yeah, I was really into like, I really want to get to know him more and see if like this vibe that's going on. I like was all about it. And, when I was in WWE, I used to have also a crush on the big show. He was married. <laughs> I never tried it, but he, we were friends and he was very cool to me. Very nice to me. I always be grateful for my friendship I had with him, but it never went there because he was married, you know? And, um, I had a, I was like, Whoa, big show. Hello. <laughs> he takes dumps the size of Shetland ponies. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. That one at least makes a little sense. I mean, does it really? I mean, the, yeah. geez, he's fucking like seven feet tall, like 500 pounds. He was going to, he would crush you. But, I mean, but he's in a, good shape. He's in decent shape. He's in, he's Real a, he, he, is the one that confuses me. Yeah. That, that, that listen, that, that's a head scratcher too, but it's funny. Shelly won from uh, crushing on the big show to the blue meanie as well. I heard that's, is that true or false? <laughs> God bless the blue meanie, but no. <laughs> and then Doink the Clown was the last stop on that train. I don't do clowns. Wow. <laughs> Sorry, Delvin. Looks like you're out of luck. Ah! Waka, waka, waka. I appreciate that. Jeff. I could do this all day. Any uh, Zach Morris lookalikes you date, Shelly? Wink, wink. <laughs> you know what? I had that too. Um, I used to, uh, going back to my WWE days, I used to go out with, uh, not exclusively, but I guess hung out with Dolph Ziggler. And at that time he was, had short hair and stuff. So he was more of like a Zach Morris type. So yeah. yeah. Ziggler gets we, around. We have, yeah, we, we, we have our fan club, Dolph, and that's for sure. all right kids let's go to see what the folks want to what kind of online hatred or maybe they don't have for shelly in ask a gutter ask a gutter you gotta ask a gutter uh, Brandon Oglesby at Newark Night. In the event Shelly from Cali manages to watch the right movie this time, get ready for a lot of these. 
Is this Chris Farley's best movie or his most overrated movie? It's hard to say because when I did see that on Twitter, I was like, what other movies has he been in? And I, nothing comes to mind. Like, I'm sure if you listed them off to me, I'd be like, oh, yeah. But nothing comes to mind because I was, I look, don't come for me, people. This is just my <laughs> preference. But I've always been more of a mad TV girl than an SNL girl. Like I was just, that's just my vibe. So, and there's tons of great people that came out of SNL. Like I'm not like discounting that. Um, but I just wasn't like all into it. So I'm not really familiar with his films unless, like I said, people named him off. I'm like, oh yeah, that one. Mm -hmm. To okay. be fair, there have been tons of terrible people to come out of SNL too. Yes. <laughs> yes. A lot. Well, Black Sheep, Beverly Hills Ninja. He's been in a ton of as a cameos, Airheads. Uh, I love Airheads. Uh, I rewatched that for the first. I saw the theater and I haven't seen it since. I watched it again and boy, is it bad. It's just oh. it's it's 90s guilty. Like, all right. Like the soundtrack's great. And what? Oh, Dirty Work. He was great in Dirty Work. That was uh, that was fun. That was a good movie. Yeah. Uh, was he in Wayne's World 2 as well? Was he in what, Shelly? In Wayne's World 2. Oh, he was in Wayne's World one, I think. I don't remember. God damn it! I, Wayne's World two is one of the worst sequels ever made, and I will never watch oh, that again. Oh, I liked it. I fucking <laughs> hate it. I, that's cool. Uh, at Llama Lavender, Guama Harrisonell. Yay! I love Tommy Boy. I was also surprised by Dan Aykroyd's cameo. On that note, Shelley, what's your favorite Dan Aykroyd movie? Hers is My Girl. Also love Blues Brothers and Ghostbusters. Well, she just gave three. Well, hands down, nothing but trouble. I love that movie. I love that movie. And I went to a party years ago and Dan Aykroyd was there and I went up to him and I was like, you like your film tripped me out because when I was a little girl, I used to have nightmares about this place. And so like when I saw it, it was like, oh, and he was like, oh, come here. And he had um, like his some dude with him and he's like tell him what you just told me and I told him he was like I wrote that film because based off of the dream I had and I was like whoa that's crazy so um I got to give him the old that was a great film but I love that film I'm uh flabbergasted I've never seen that film I've heard nothing but bad things about it that's why I've not seen it so I will not comment but did you tell Dan Aykroyd you also find him attractive as well because your gamut goes all around the place here. <laughs> that night, I was attracted to him. <laughs> there, you, there you go. That night, I was attracted to him. And what's funny is I was, you know, I've been podcasting for like since 2009. And so I was trying to get him on my podcast with me and my sister and he totally agreed with it. And then um, I had it all set up. I was so excited. And then he had texted me. He was like, yeah, you know, it was when the House of Blues in LA was still here. He was like, you can come down to the House of Blues. And when I told him I was gonna bring my camera guy with me, he was like, "Never mind." And he like bailed out on it. And I was like, Dan Aykroyd, thanks a lot. And I think it's, I don't know. I don't know why I've had my thoughts why, but I was just like, dude, whatever. So that's when Dan Aykroyd just went down. He's not dateable after. Maybe that. because Donna Rice, I don't know if he's still married to her or not. He goes, cameras, I can't have cameras. I'm trying to hit on her. Look at her wearing that Goonies tank top for Christ's <laughs> sakes. 
That's just what I was thinking. <laughs> She's going to burst out of that thing, Delvin. She keeps laughing. You watch. Number right. Dan Aykroyd teased me. How dare you, Dan Aykroyd, tease me? Do you know my favorite Dan I'll tell you what, shall I? I'll give my guilty pleasure Dan Aykroyd. I mean, Ghostbusters is obviously the right answer. But I fucking love The Great Outdoors. That film is 80s cheese, and I eat that shit with a big old spoon. I love it. Absolutely. One of the best, best lines. It's so small and under the radar, but I quote it all the time, is when he's in the shower, and he's uh, Annette Bening, he's talking to her while he's in the shower. He goes, honey, why do my kids look at me like um, whatever? Why do, why do Chet's kids look at him like he's Zeus and they look at me like I'm whatever? And she starts talking. Goes, I put a cork in, honey. Daddy's talking business. I love that line. <laughs> Delvin? He's, he's such a good that guy. You know, yeah. like that guy. Delvin, what about you? Favorite Dan Aykroyd film? It has to be Ghostbusters. You you call yeah. it out like I love Ghostbusters. As long as no one, as long as no one said spies like us, because that film is terrible. It is Rewa- awful. <laughs> rewatch it of like a month or two ago. Jesus H, that is war. That should be outlawed in the Geneva Convention as a form of torture. Next, <laughs> oh, of course, race to Canis. When Shelley watches the Who's Tommy instead to prepare for this, I'm losing my shit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, next question. A lot. That's it. Everything else is for the Apocalypse Now portion of we're taping. But that's it for Ask a Gutter. So, it is now time for Shelly Martinez to come out and talk about the film that she actually watched this time, Delvin Cox. I'm so, ready. time for Shelly Martinez to Got. Got. The. Got. Sacred cow. cow! Oh, all three of us run. That was so great. Uh, real quick, before I get into it, the last time I was on here, um, that's when I learned that Kevin Israel had this whole weird thing with feet. Yeah. And <laughs> yes. what's so hilarious about that is around that time, I was doing, I was trying to be a foot fetish model because I like people always asked me and it seemed like an easy thing to do. I like did this whole, like a whole site on it and everything completely failed because I didn't realize that people wanted me to like talk down to them and degrade them while I was showing them my feet. And I wasn't cool with it to each their own. But um, when he showed his disgust with it on that episode, I took it as a sign that I should just hang up my feet on the feet modeling. And I like stopped and I retired from it all because I felt it was a sign that I shouldn't be doing it anymore. Shelly, you trying to be a foot model is like Ron. um, Oh, God damn it. Ron Jeremy deciding to be a face or hands model. (laughs) That is very accurate. Yeah, you had. You have you have certain gifts that are more appreciated, I think, than what you're trying to advertise. So good thing that you decided to shoo the foot yeah. model route. I, That's like know, Michael Jordan playing baseball. We don't. <laughs> you don't see Wayne Gretzky out there trying to do curling, do you? No. I thought it was going to be easy money because people would always ask. But anyways, I just wanted to throw that out there. So let's start from the beginning of the film. Yes, let's. I, actually totally related to how he was always late like from when he was a kid to like when he was an adult because I had no guidance growing up no one to ever teach me anything I just had to like learn everything myself so I was kind of like thinking "Uh oh is this going to be one of those things where I end up liking this film because I was like I totally relate to this but that didn't last too long because <laughs> 
Although I felt, um, I'll give some more positive. They did a good cast on his dad. I thought the dad was a good cast. Um, it was, they played off of each other. Well, they looked like yes. a legit yeah. father and son. Um, but not even halfway through the film, I was completely bored throughout the entire film. I never laughed once. Um, mm. Not one time. And like, I know people that like I've known that like the film, they have like their little one liners or whatever. And I kind of remembered them. And so when those scenes happened, like um, big guy in a little coat, I was like, this isn't funny at all. Why do some of my friends think this part is so funny? I felt like the longer I tuned into this film, the more of my soul was being sucked from me and I could never get that time back ever. But at least it was the right film. So fair enough. Um, <laughs> I was very uninterested in all the characters. I like David Spade. I used to watch the show Just Shoot Me that he was in back in the day. Right. And, um, a couple of others, like bit parts that he would have, I liked. Um, but I just didn't care. And I thought Dan Aykroyd was going to save it for me. But I was like, meh. And then the whole stepmom stepbrother thing i thought that was gonna like go somewhere else but it just kind of like it just was flat to me it's just like oh okay i don't know i just like i said i was very bored there was a time where like i kind of drifted and i was looking out the window and just like <laughs> thinking about other things i'm like oh yeah i'm supposed to watch this film duh and so i was just like and then here's the thing though I thought based on how much I would see like the commercials for it back in the day or when I flipped the channel and I'd see it on, I thought it was going to annoy me way more. So it wasn't like so much annoying. It was just very uninteresting and boring. It's like something you watch on an airplane just to pass the time. And you're like, eh, okay, I finally saw it. I'll never watch that film again. The best part of the film was I was eating ice cream during it. And that ice cream was really good. I put some nice fruit in there. I really enjoyed it. It was so nice. Wait, but, uh, why, why you have to fuck up a perfectly good bowl of ice cream by putting fruit in it? Because I love fruit. Don't think <laughs> fruit. I love fruit too, but they don't belong. Fruit and ice cream. It's that's good. A, that's called a parfait. Yeah, uh, a parfait. No. And so um, – I guess my whole thing with this is going to be pretty short. I like the wedding scene, I guess. I have some bubbly hair to cheers to the wedding. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's like I said, I feel like I'm just never going to get those moments back in my life. And I think that's really sad because I could have been doing something better, but at least I got to be hanging out with you guys on here and talk about it. That's the pay only payoff I really had is to come hang out with you guys and talk about this dumb, boring, boring film. What didn't, what didn't work about you? Like what specifically the, what jokes were you're just like, I don't get the love for this. Like other people are nonstop quoting. I didn't think it was funny. Like I thought, maybe the relationship that was building between David Spade and Chris Farley was going to, there's going to be parts in it that I would think was real funny and whatever, but I just, it just was boring to me. I like, that's all it was, was just really, really boring. Um, like, okay. For example, when they get pulled over and he's like, Oh, my dad taught me this. And they're like, Oh, bees, bees. I'm just like, is this really supposed to be funny? Or is this just like making a point that they got out of getting like busted? I don't know. 
like and then like the jokes about him like being overweight I just didn't think we're funny uh, it just uh, it's it just seemed to me like they just wanted to make some kind of movie so they just put together real quick what they could in the allowed time they had <laughs> it just I didn't like it at all it sucked how about Sorry. the how about the don't, don't apologize what about the love interest his uh, the girl that he was kind of crushing on it was cute I guess it was cute you know it, they finally got that kiss and whatever I don't know it was cute that was maybe something that was delightful about it I guess um it, but still it was I feel here's okay now I I didn't feel that there was much of a buildup to the things that were for the payoff you know yeah there was a feel-good ending like they got you know they won you know the bad people didn't win but they won so eh, it just didn't build it up right like here's a good example I love Disneyland being a SoCal girl and there's a ride that's the snow white ride and when you go on the snow white white ride it seems like the buildups there but then they ran out of space for the ride so they're just like <laughs> They lived happily ever after. That's how I felt about this film. Like it was slowly building up and not really, like, especially the thing with the stepmom, I would have liked to see more shadiness and them really like conspiring more. Maybe that would have added more dimensions or whatever to it, or make me invested and really want them to like not get their way. But it was just kind of like, you see them for a moment, they go away. You see them for a second, they go away. And then they're at the end. And it's like, it sounds like you want like a usual suspects kind of plot for a comedy. I guess. I don't know. I just, and like I said, when I watched the wrong film last time, what I was like, when I watched Dumb and Dumber 2, I thought it was the first one, of course. I found myself laughing going into it. So then that's when I was like, oh my gosh. And then when I was like halfway through, I was like, damn it, I like this movie. And so even though, like, I know you said you, you guys didn't like it or whatever, it did make me laugh at least. Whereas not once did I crack a smile or laugh. And then when it was over, I was like, wow, that's it. I'm never getting that part of my life back. And then I turned it off. I, I like to correct you. I love Dumb and Dumber. Israel did not. I love Dumb and Dumber. That's one of- I meant two, the Dumb and Dumber two. Oh yeah, no, that was not good. <laughs> yeah, not, not there, there were moments there were moments sounds like the, anything else Shelly or is that all you tell much time as you want to you know that that's all okay but I want to say real quick I want to call dibs on something I'm listening if I end up not liking Rob Zombie's The Munsters I call dibs on coming on here it's yours but if I if I like it then well it's fine but we'll see I've never watched a full episode of The Munster, so I'm not invested at all in that show. So I'm a huge it, fan, so it's a big deal to me. But anyway. You don't say. You've got a coffin with a skeleton around the corner of your left shoulder, so I'm very surprised when you say that. Here's my uh, mouse pad. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so funny. Shelly, give me a number for Tommy Boy, 1 to 10. Zero. Wow. Wow. You know, Delvin, I don't think you even gave Jaws a zero. I think you gave it a one. Uh, I, yeah, Paul, I think it's like one or two out there I gave it. You son of a bitch. You'll never live that one down. Zero <laughs> for Tommy Boy. Well, listen, so humor is subjective. We all know that. But Shelly's not even saying this is overrated. Shelly's flat out saying this blows copious amounts of tiger one, dick. Not one time. Not even a, huh, huh. 
<laughs> Nothing. You know, I said the same exact thing when I watched Napoleon Dynamite again. That movie's terrible. That is pure trash. Okay, zero. Let's uh, let's head on over to my co-host for today, Delvin Cox. Delvin, let's hear those notes, buddy. All right, let me pull them out because I got a lot to say about this movie. I bet you do. First and foremost, the plot in this movie is nonsensical. it's going everywhere and nowhere at the same time i want to yell at you now you realize this is a comedy you only need a bare bones plot for a comedy you just need something like a shell casing just to house it just for a joke transport we're we're aware of that right i I 100 agree i I know that for all right i I was gonna get to that okay this movie feels like the movie you talked about a couple episodes ago the beverly hills cop oh boy beverly hills cop was a movie Purely made to launch Eddie Murphy's career. Right. Eddie Murphy was the anchor of the movie. He was the star of the movie. Everybody else was there to kind of just uplift his role and things like that. This feels a lot like that. But here's the problem with this movie from what I've watched. David Spade in this movie is unfucking likable. Like, like everything in the movie that happened to him, I'm like, good. He is a terrible character. He is not likable. I didn't find him funny at any point of fashion in the movie. I think Chris Farley does a great job of being who he plays, this almost like Peter Griffin type character. <laughs> who you kind of even with the like the laugh and things like that, who you kind of root for and stuff like that. But David Spade was like just annoying to no bounds. I mean, that's that's exactly what the role called for, is be that nerdy, annoying, I never got my fair shake, I was beaten up, and now he's just snarky. Like That's exactly what the role called for, and probably what David Spade dealt with as a kid. I read his yeah. book, I forgot it was terrible. So, <laughs> And the thing about it is, <laughs> usually when you have characters like that, there's a point in the movie where they turn a corner, and they become likable. Fair. I feel like that didn't happen with David Spade in this movie. He's still the same douche hat that he was at the beginning of the movie. He's just the douche hat that you know a little bit more about. Like, I, I didn't have a dad, so I'm an asshole. I'm like, okay. Don't you people grow up without dads and don't become assholes? <laughs> like, like so, so it was like, uh, I don't know about that. So, getting back to my notes. First thing I noticed, Bo Derek, hot. Very much so. Very much so. I, I like the whole plot of the beginning of it they show how tommy boy he's getting out of college he was in college for seven years chris farley looks like he's 40 in this movie (laughs) he looks way older than a college graduate and he died at 35 so the math adds up yeah he looks way older than the future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly but then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about that's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. 
At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. That. So, Chris Farley, uh, what it, I guess Tommy Ward's his name. Yes. He graduates. He goes to the, the meeting with his dad and stuff like that. Brian Dennehy was his dad, correct? That's right. They did a great job with the cast of the dad. They looked a lot alike. They had really good chemistry together that I appreciated a lot. They, they were fun together. And he shows him his wife and he, he says, oh, your wife is hot. And he's like, yeah, you got you to gotta meet her, her son a couple of days. This whole plot line with the, the wife and the son who is really her husband is nonsensical. It, it, it literally, you can literally take this whole plot line out the movie and it would not make any difference whatsoever. Like none. And I, right. I'm like, I'm like, why is this here? Cause, cause they don't, they don't touch on it much. They go to it. Like maybe like the movie, the movie's like an hour and a half long. It's probably the, the plot's like maybe 15 minutes at most of the movie. And it's just kind of like a thing where like, Oh yeah. Your dad was dating this hot girl. Oh, your dad's going to lose the company, which, and they're like, oh, you have to go across the country to get all his, his uh, essential, like, what is it? His, uh, his company back. Get everybody to buy from his company. I'm like, that doesn't happen in business. The person who wrote this clearly knows nothing about business because they're not going to sit there and say, hey, son of, son of the owner of the company, you have to go cross country and get your, your dad's business back in order by going door to door. It's like, this is not a thing that happens, which is fine because it's a comedy. So I get that. This is like the ideal of getting a road trip in order for these two unlikely characters who don't like each other. And during the trip, I disagree. To- I, th- I think, I think Tommy Boyle loves Richard. They, they, he, he, think- he, he does like him. Richard doesn't like him. We all know that, but I think Tommy likes Richard. I really do. Deep down, so, so deep down inside. A, you think it's a SpongeBob Squidward situation? I never watched SpongeBob, so I don't know. Essentially Squidward despises SpongeBob, but SpongeBob loves Squidward to death. Okay. Then yes, that's if that's the case. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's the road trip and things is it's okay for the most part. I think um there's some interesting parts of it. The part the one part I, I kind of drove me crazy is the scene at the hotel that you brought up earlier that they dated the same woman, the act, right. actual actress. So David Spade's character is peeping out the window <laughs> at the girl skinny dipping. Tommy walks right by her, comes upstairs to the room, and David Spade sees this. He hops in the bed, act like he wasn't watching. Why at any point in time he just didn't say, hey, I was watching the chick you was walking right past, skinny dipping. Why he just didn't say that instead of this whole thing where, what were you doing? Were you whacking off? This whole like 10 minute thing of what were you doing? He, well, he could have just easily explained like, hey, the chick you just passed by that was hot. I was watching her and she just took her clothes off. You know, the funny thing too, he watched him walk by her. And then if he was worried about beating off, he would have seen him walk past her again to come upstairs. Yes. And then, and then, the door is going to give him about a, a maybe a two Mississippi he has for him to jump back into bed and cover up his boner. Yes. But instead, he's adios mio, and then jumps in the bed in the act of him opening the door. Like that. For all of us dudes, we have the best Jedi senses when it comes to beating off when yes. there are. You know, when people are present, you know, if you have, you know, kids in the house or a wife or husband, whatever the hell you're, you know, you're up to, it is, 
you know when you have to lock that door and be on full alert because if he's going to sit out there and look out the window and just casually kind of, you know, juggle it around, stroke it softly. He's not in there like, I got to be at a job interview in 30 minutes. Let me rub it out real fast and get the edge out. No, he was taking his fucking time, but then he should have yes. known that time was of the essence. And then you kind of get the, when, when you're in those situations, you kind of get the daredevil ability where you hear everything. Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. <laughs> Every sense is heightened. You become like a, a bat hearing. Like, what was that? <laughs> Did someone step on a carpet 45 feet away? Like, yes. Shelly's laughing. Yes, we do this, dude. Dudes do this. Especially, well, especially, the, especially the big show and Dan Aykroyd, Shelly. Yes, 100%. They definitely do it. Yeah. Can you imagine the big so, show beating off? Big show beating off. It's like it's like rubbing a tree trunk slowly. I could imagine. Oh, <laughs> I'm not commenting on that at all. <laughs> you know he drops his pants. Well, it's the big show. <laughs> if he doesn't do that, that's a lost opportunity. I know I would. Very disappointed if he doesn't do that. Very much so. But yeah, getting back to this movie, <laughs> I feel like this movie. Is a movie of just set pieces, a comedy set piece where they just set up different things that happen to make you laugh. Some work, some don't work. Like the whole thing with the deer is nonsensical. He hits a deer. The deer is quote unquote dead. Nobody checks the deer to make sure the deer is dead. So they just decide to put the deer in the car, which is, I don't know how much a deer weighs. A deer weighs a fucking lot. <laughs> but they, they get this yeah. big deer in the car. They don't think about, hey, maybe we should check and see if this deer is alive or, or, or even a sensible thing. Let's put the deer on the side of the road and call somebody to come pick the deer up. Now they decide to carry the deer in their car. And then you have the whole scene where the deer tails up the car and stuff like that. And I'm like, ah, this is okay. It, this, this feels like a movie that if I, because I watched this when I was, I don't know, 16, 17 years old. And I was like, this is funny. When I we watching it today, it's like, oh. I think the problem is, is that a lot of this stuff that's happening in this movie we've seen already and we've seen done better. Like this form, form of comedy, we have like Jim Carrey doing what he do with Ace Ventura and stuff like that. You have the the, the first Hangover movie, less at least because the other two. But yeah, we did the Hangover on this very podcast, so give that a listen too. Yeah, definitely. I've already listened, but you should definitely get that one. <laughs> <laughs> I want to clarify that one. Yeah. But yeah, this, this, this movie is very interesting because, like I said, they have a whole bunch of things that happen that are nonsensical, that are only there for laughs. Like the whole scene where he's on the boat with the girl and they they go out to the middle of the lake and there's just no wind whatsoever. And then the kids are just berating him and berating him. And then she just lashes out like, ah. Oh, that was kind of funny. But like I said, the jokes, the, this movie is fat joke, fat joke, fat joke. Fat guy falls over something. Fat joke, fat joke, fat joke. Something happened to David Spade's car. Fat joke, mentally challenged joke. <laughs> something happened to David Spade's car again. And it's just kind of like a on and on thing. And it's like, all right, we, we, we get it already. It's, we get the jokes. Like, let's move along with the plot. The good thing about this movie is it's not that long. And that's something I've kind of like bashed on movies for, for a while, like especially movies nowadays. They're being two, three hour long. Comedies don't even be lo no longer than 90 minutes. I was gonna, my, my, my benchmark for comedies is no more than an hour and 40, 45, and that's it. That's the max. 
that's that's fair. I agree with that. That's a perfect time because you know you want the whole purpose is to get the jokes out, and I think this movie does that in terms of like, hey, it's a it's just short watch. Like time flew by watching. I know Shelley said that it kind of was boring at times. I, I do agree with like that. Sometimes the movie kind of did feel boring at times like that. When especially when you start getting the plot things going along and watching Tommy kind of get his magic in, like learning the same techniques that his dad have to kind of woo people to go buy these parts. I thought I thought it was interesting. The Dan Aykroyd part was a cool cameo. I think he did really good in it, playing this kind of on the up and up salesman, this businessman, and that um, but that everybody trusts and love. But he kind of a little sleazy, and it's a little weird that at the end of the movie they have this scene where, which is also nonsensical. They find out that um, Bo Derek and what his name's character are con artists essentially, and they're married. Right. And the Tommy Boy's girlfriend tells them all this stuff. Tells them all this stuff and stuff like that. The police finally come. They take the husband away. They don't take the wife away. Oh, you son of a bitch. That's in the notes. <laughs> and in Dan Aykroyd's character, after knowing he's a, she's a con artist, like, hey, uh, so what you doing later on? I'm like, what? <laughs> like, Do you think Dan Aykroyd is going to marry her? No. <laughs> Do you think he should even trust her? Like, No, but he's going to, you know, this could be Dan Aykroyd to the House of Blues. Don't bring your video camera. We're just going to hang out. <laughs> exactly exactly that's it we're just gonna hang out exactly. and he's gonna send her in a town car the next morning on her merry way and that's the end all be all that's what's gonna happen i until think. the until the nda comes <laughs> yeah and the oh no the nda is going to be signed before she sets foot in that house of his shelly's nodding with an air of like i've signed a few ndas no way man i'm not that shady <laughs> <laughs> you're like I'm not that shady. Yeah, like if I have to, if I'm putting out, I am not signing an NDA. All right, you have to appreciate it as is. Look here. I just think NDA hold people that ask for NDAs. I don't mess with them. How many times do people give you an NDA? Never. I don't mess with those. Well, I mean, you wouldn't know. Like you, you know, you wouldn't know until a moment happens. You know, you see what I'm saying? So here's the thing. I feel there's been people who. I kind of got mixed up with, but it didn't really get far because I started to see like there may be that type. Not that I was like, oh, they're going to NDA me, but just like the element of shadiness. And so that to me is just like, ew, I don't care how much I like was into you at first, like gag me with a spoon, get out of here quick. So I'm real stuck up like that. Sounds like someone else got a $3 million payday from Vince McMahon over the weekend, huh, Delvin Cox? <laughs> You set me up so <laughs> perfectly. I am not going to miss that 2-0 fastball, Shelly Martinez. You know Vince me. wishes. <laughs> the surprise. can't afford Shelly. I mean, he can, but he can afford a lot of things. Yes. <laughs> not me. Maybe, maybe that divorce he can, is going gonna, is gonna to leave a sizable chunk. But whatever. Sorry, Delvin. Sorry to deviate, but I want to hear about Shelly and her NDAs. <laughs> I, I'm all for it, hey. But definitely, I, I think overall this movie is a solid. Hmm, how do I say this? With your mouth. It's a meh. It's a meh. It's 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 not great. I want a number. You know, I always say this. Give me a number one to ten. Give me a number. I don't think the jokes hold up. I don't think it's as funny as I once remember it. If I was to rate this, it does not pass the remote test to me. I, if I see this on TV, I'm staring far 
away from it as possible. I am turning in watching anything else but this. I'm watching Animaniacs. I'm watching SpongeBob. I'm watching wrestling. Anything else that's on TV, I am watching. I'll, I'll watch the news before I watch this movie again. I will give it a solid five. Five. There you go. So five and a zero. We're looking at a two and a half overall. These notes brought to you by guttingthesacredcow.com, where you can find fantastic fun pieces. You can, of course, on patreon.com slash GTSE. If you want to advertise with us, guttingthesacredcow at gmail.com, or if you just want to come over and say hi and send us your uh, NDAs for us to sign. Yes, do both. Notes. Mm. All of Chris Farley's college buddy rugby players certainly don't look like rugby players. They all look like they got pulled out of a sitcom writer's room, never setting one pinky in a scrum. <laughs> they do. They're all beanpole nerds. They don't. Those dudes are all squatty jack guys who play uh, rugby. I am a tall, skinny guy. I played baseball and swam, so rugby was not my forte. But those guys were skinnier than I am, so way yeah, they like They play PlayStation. Right. That's about it. Not rugby. I'm shocked that Sandusky, Ohio has an airport. How about you two? Very Where? shocked. Where was it again? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. By the way, how many times have people grimace from when they say I'm from Sandusky? They're always saying, no, that pedophile is not from here. And yes, we do have an airport. <laughs> I appreciate that you said that because that's the first thing I thought when I saw Sandusky Airport. Like, it's a knee jerk reaction. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? The son of a out of Chris Farley has gotten old, and I'm only eight minutes into this. Yeah, I agree. Tommy is easily on the spectrum, borderline autistic, right? If selling brake pads, if selling brake pads won't cut it, he can consider open mic comedy for his next endeavor. I didn't want to say it, but I'm glad you said it. Yeah, he he's definitely on the spectrum of some sort. Yeah. SNL love making movies with buffoons standing to take over their parents' business. This film, Billy Madison, also the same exact concept, a boy trying to take his father's business over, and probably Night at the Roxbury. I don't know. I hate watch that film during the pandemic, Night at the Roxbury. And wow, is it just hemorrhoidal awful. I'm sorry you did that. You deserve better. I haven't I do. seen that in a long time. I used to love it, but maybe I hate it now. I don't know. It's terrible. Hey, Shelly, next time you think about watching Night at the Roxbury, clean your kitchen. More productive. <laughs> Ever since Rob Lowe got caught with an underage girl, his penance in Hollywood was playing douchebag roles. I think that's just him. His <laughs> 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 penance is playing himself. <laughs> I mean, St. Elmo's Fire, he's a good guy. And then after that, all the other films, now he's relegated to playing a dickhead. There we go. So Tommy and his dad are so close that Tommy's dad didn't tell his son that he's dating slash banging this smoke show in any of his calls while Chris Farley is in college. Please explain that to me. Son, if that's me, I get divorced, I'm dating somebody else, go, son, I'm banging a legit nine and a half right now. Hold on, I'll send you nudes. Something like that. I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking about it, because I don't know, like, if I, if I was to call my son and tell him something like that, he, I don't know if he'd take it well. He'd like, Yeah, that was all hypothetical. I have a daughter, so I can't be saying that to her. <laughs> yeah, you definitely can't say it to her. I would say daddy's met new mommy. That's what I would say. <laughs> 
point though, like they did make it seem like they're super, super, super close. Yeah. And that's like, he doesn't say anything. Like he should at least mention it. Right. Yeah. Cow tipping with Rob Lowe and Chris Farley. Boy, cow tipping must have been invented before video games, porn, and fun. Yes. Before all those things. Because there's no way in hell I'm going to cow, keep tipping a cow. I guess that's what, that's what you do in the Midwest or the South before you learn how to start cooking meth. Yeah. <laughs> These jokes are on the most basic of levels. David Spade is doing his SNL Hollywood Minute, which I loved. His Hollywood Minute snark is help keeping this afloat at this point of the film. Why is Tommy's dad talking business on his wedding day? I was so drunk by the time the photographers came around. I don't think I was barely able to recite my address. <laughs> the scene where he, they, Tommy, uh, Chris Farley crashes the model car and sets it on fire. That's hilarious. That whole scene is pretty goddamn funny. Yeah, that was pretty funny. I'll give you that. What maniac brings a deer into a car unless it's a John Deere? I like it. I like it. Bravo. What dumbass brings a fucking animal dead or alive in a car? If I hit a deer, my dad hit a few deer. You know what he did? He called the cops so they could put a bullet in the deer's head because those deers weren't getting up. Those deer, excuse me. Those deer were not getting up. Well, who's going to drive the deer and find a vet to put it back together? People kill deer no for sense. a reason. They have a deer population control method. It's deer season. They want to kill the deer because all they do is spread deer text. All they're going to do, <laughs> at least they're going to carve it for venison. I'll buy that. Yes, but no. They're going to drive it to a vet hospital and nurse it back to health. We're going to sit there with a bottle and put it in its mouth. That doesn't happen. Glad you said it. I was waiting for that line. Where do you find a vacuum in a motel room? Never. You find a vibrating bed for a quarter in a motel room. Absolutely. You find used condoms on crusty carpeting. You betcha. Guilty. Yep. But David Spade, shall you like that one? But David Spade pulling out a vacuum to suck up moths that were flying by the window. That doesn't happen. They don't leave vacuums around there because someone's going to put a vacuum in on his dick for giggles with a hooker. That's what you know is going to happen. Delvin Cox, don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about. I know exactly what you're talking about. I live in Miami. <laughs> <laughs> funny. Fat guy in a little coat was funny the first and only time. Then it died a death of a thousand cuts as fat guys for the next three to seven years made this the running gag in any corporate America office. Yes. The first thing I did when my car hood popped open on the freeway wasn't turning into oncoming traffic like Chris Farley did. It was pulled to the right-hand side of the road in a slow and controlled manner. And then what? What? And then, and then to add, you know, a cherry on top, Chris Farley says, what the hell? And pulls a 900 in that oncoming lane like Tony Hawk did at the X Games circa 1996. What the hell is that about? Hey, you know what? Let's really gamble with my life and the other, my life and the other lives in the area. Stop it. During the fight between Spade and Farley, David Spade hits his Instagram model girlfriends harder than he hit Chris Farley in that. <laughs> Got Shelly again. 
And I guarantee you when he slaps those girls, it's more of a ah as he hits, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Shelly, how long would David Spade last in wrestling school? He wouldn't at all. Zero. Another zero. Another zero. <laughs> they would use him as a turnbuckle. The lady at the pool wears a robe downstairs, then disrobes, and then jumps in naked. If you're going to, if your end goal is to get naked and go skinny dipping in the pool, by all means, why bother with the robe? Why not just walk downstairs in your bikini and then strip poolside? A little faster that way, you know, just take the towel off, boom, you're in. Right. Coming from a gal, sounds like she's done some motel skinny dipping. Go. Motel six. <laughs> <laughs> Shelly and Owen Hart were poolside back in 1995. It sounds like <laughs> the beating off puns by Chris Farley were written by a no higher than third grade education. The Lord Michael. This is what I'm talking about. This is a simpleton nature of the jokes that well, we'll get into it more. As David Tell famously said, there's a difference between masturbating and looking out of a window and masturbating while looking in a window. Very accurate. All right. I wanted it up. Okay. That didn't hit, but I love that joke. <laughs> I'm pretty. Uh, as someone who's done some masturbating, looking out of a window. <laughs> How do you know I wasn't looking in? Shelly, <laughs> you're singing my song. I'm pretty sure that Michelle would have turned on her computer and noticed that General Tom Fuller was afoot when she looked at her spreadsheets because she's obviously anal retentive and would have double and triple checked those numbers. Wait a minute. I didn't put down two-week shipping. I put down overnight shipping. Let me see what else is wrong here. Yeah, everything like he 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 basically just changed everything to like ridiculous numbers. Right. She would have remembered like, hey, it went from ten thousand to ten. Like, come on, like what's right. going on here? He probably drew a dick in that Excel spread. She goes, "What is this? Oh, that's so cute." So David Spade sneaks onto a plane dressed as a flight attendant, but doesn't drop a bye bye there. Opportunity missed. Yep. Yes. 1,000%. That's an SNL reference for you two people. I hope you got it. I got it, unfortunately. Google the SNL bye-bye, Shelly. Then you'll go, oh, that was funny. I thought you just meant flight attendants say that. So. Well, he did. Well, the, the sketch is their dress is flight, him and Helen Hunter flight attendants, now, and he's all snug. goes, bye-bye, bye-bye. One of his catchphrases. Yeah. Oh, I see. Speaking of flight attendants, they have to make an air, airline hijack film in the 1980s where the flight attendants take over the plane. The only time I remember that ever happening in any film is Drop Zone with Wesley Snipes. But that film was so bad, that induces any kind of postpartum depression, even amongst men. I didn't know that movie even existed. I saw, I saw it recently for the first time on cable. Gary Busey's in it. It's uh, a bunch of uh, cyber criminals, and they, they're, they're skydiving people at the same time. It's terrible. It sounds like it's like Passenger 58. He tried to Pastor 57 again. Right. The more I think about it, Tommy Boy and George W. Bush were cut from the same cloth. Hear me out. Very parallel lifestyles. The son is a college fuck up. The father gets him in the family business with semi hilarious results. Checks out. Accurate. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Oh, oh clap him, Shelly. There we go. 
I don't remember seeing Chris girl, Chris Farley's girlfriend in anything else since this film. I looked at her IMDb page. She's worked since, so good for her. Dan Aykroyd's Chicago accent is so thick that it makes Steven Seagal's laughable Brooklyn accent from Out of Justice seem passable. That's another terrible movie. You fucking it. shut your mouth. That is a goddamn classic. It's <laughs> no, so bad. It's, no it's, it's so fun. It's it's such a fun bad film. This film goes to the well way too many times with the Midwestern esque lines. Holy shnikes, son of a that's gonna leave a mark. Yeah, it does. This film, I and this film, and I'm gonna kind of piggyback on what you've said. This, I don't wanna sound like a pretentious asshole. This film was really written for the lower level intelligence slash of humor for people. This, these are the most basic ass jokes there are. People love this film. I saw this in the theater when it came out. I was a senior in high school. I never understood the adulation for this film. I saw it in the theater then, it was fine. I saw it a couple times after that, it was fine. Rewatched it again, it's fine. As we state on every comedy we do in this podcast, comedy is subjective, we all know that. I love dumb humor, Naked Gun, Airplane, Hot Shots to a degree, Ted, Anchorman, dumb films, I fucking love them. But this film has, oversaturated with a ton of mediocre jokes that are just meh and lazy as shit. Again, this is the typical Midwest making jokes, safe comedy where you're not going to make anything dirty or raunchy or all that. It's PG-13. I get it. Billy Madison was PG-13. The jokes were better than that than this. I, I will give you one better. Sure. I, I, I watched Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Before I watch this movie, this like I, you I have a pedophile's movie taste. I heard what you were watching before. <laughs> my son's a Sonic fan, so I watched it. And I son, <laughs> I watched. I laughed way more watching that movie than I did watching this one. Right, a lot more. I have not watched one nor two. I was not. A, I was a. I was a Nintendo guy, not a Genesis guy. It doesn't mean I won't. Jim Carrey makes it funny. Well, of course he does. No. He makes Why it am I yelling? The plot is good enough for a comedy. In fact, I think it's actually better than most plots you see in comedies. There's a little more to it. Yes, it's pure horseshit that the wife and the son-in-law or, you know, her, her son are husband and wife. And then at the very end, the cops you know, take him away, but not her? Wait a minute. They're both grifters. This is bullshit. It doesn't help this film. Uh, wait, I skipped the line. The Okay, so yeah, the plot's better. But the jokes have to be the foundation and the roof of this house. It doesn't help that some people I know that call this one of the, one of the best comedies of all time are A, fat, and B, not that bright. That's a lot. And they, and they also have subpar movie taste. I know, I'm sounding like a pretentious asshole, but for people to say that this is such one of the funniest films of all time, you need to up your game, you basic bitches, because this is not. I LOL'd a few times. I give it credit. I definitely did. Again, the setting on the fire part, I laughed. I still think that's funny as shit. But Delvin, you said it too. Chris Farley was great on SNL for some things. I don't like him just being a, I'm a fat guy punching bag repetitive joke over and over and over yes. and over and over and over and over. He was a smart guy. He was cerebral. He knew how to get laughs. But this didn't... 
this was just the, the 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 scratch on the surface. There was more deeper, more deeper and, and better. He, he was a great improv guy, from what I've read. Again, his SNL sketches are are legendary, but this shit is just. Ugh. I didn't hate this film. I will not watch it again. I promise you that. Five and a half out of ten. Oh, we're not on the same page. Yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not that bad, but it's certainly not in that stratosphere people put it in, and it angers me when people do that. It's the jokes just don't hold up. Let's see what even more pretentious assholes than me have to say. Critics, yeah. five-star reviews. Critics, five-star reviews. Critics, five-star reviews. Critics, five-star reviews. Critics, five-star reviews. Raunchy, funny, and not for younger kids. It's not, yeah. It's PG-13. That's why it's yeah. not for young kids. It's not high art, but it is pretty damn funny, and sometimes that's more than good enough. Nah. I agree. Like, Melissa, again, comedy subjective. We I, I, we have to say that. Don't need high art, but you need the jokes. The jokes carry this thing. A boneheaded farce that embraces its banality with sheer jubilation. Farley and Spade bring their SNL-inspired and nutty antics to frenzied form. Frenzied? I would not say frenzied is an appropriate word for this. Um, if you're expecting classic comedy, you likely won't enjoy Tommy Boy. But if you have Saturday Night Live expectations, it will be a pleasant surprise. What is classic comedy? What do they consider classic comedy? Like, this is like Buster Keaton or some shit like yeah. that. Caddyshack, Naked Gun. Uh, okay. Those are other, we can go on and on and, and do that. Passively funny star vehicle, nothing great. That person wins a blue ribbon right then and there. Yes. Critics, one star reviews. Critics, one star. Critics, one star reviews. Dumber than Dumb and Dumber, Tommy Boy is a comedy that might be a hoot after several beers, but is otherwise best avoided. Dumb and Dumber is a classic, so I will not stand here while you uh, libel this film. Redo it as a 10 to 15 minute motivational tape as a seminar for business and salespeople. <laughs> <laughs> that was cute what they were doing with the techniques and how he learned how to sell and all that. And, but the, uh, the T-bone up the butcher's ass story, that, that, got, that got old. Stupid is apparently in. Clearly. <laughs> there's, there's nothing to grasp. There's nothing to grasp, nothing that gives off that good feeling of enjoying a comedy. It's like eating cotton candy. You're like, yeah, but I'm not full. This Tommy boy is no pinball wizard. Ah, a who reference, you sly son of a bitch. But you may leave the theater wishing that the character was were at least deaf, blind, and dumb. You know what critics aren't? Funny. The movie is an assembly of cliches and obligatory scenes from dozens of other movies. All it's better. I don't know if I agree with that. What scenes of other films did they steal from? I don't know. I can't think of one. Shelly, any come to mind? No. Any monster? Any Mumsters episodes? Monsters episodes? That come <laughs> the Goonies, no. perhaps? 
<laughs> Amazon five star reviews. Amazon five star reviews. It's time for Amazon five star reviews. Five star reviews. I first saw this movie in high school and watched it so many times over the years that I used the quotes as someone else stated, quote, in my everyday life. I finally made my European husband watch it, and he was like, ooh, you really do quote that movie a lot. I'm so happy to have shared this hilarious comedy with him. I'm not usually a slapstick lover, but the comedic timing in this film, whether between David Spade and Chris Farley or from the editing team, is so spot on. I can't believe I was still laughing at as hard at this time when I saw it nearly 25 years ago. It is a must-see comedy film. You know, we've done about 140 episodes of this show. Never once has the editing team been shout out in any way, shape, or form. Yes. What about European husband? <laughs> yeah, does he have an uncircumcised penis? We all want to know that. I mean, sorry, who said that? <laughs> At Chris Farley's funeral, David Spade said, of the two movies they've made together, one was very funny, the other was Black Sheep. This is the very, very funny one. Captain Obvious, reporting for duty, sir. <laughs> Next one. Very, 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 very funny movie. Me and my wife love it. Signed, Bill Maher. Who would have thunk it? Want to laugh for an hour straight? Classic Farley right here. I guess this person thinks that the last 30 minutes lick bison balls then, because it's an only an hour. <laughs> Amazon one-star reviews. Amazon one-star reviews. Boring. Not even a little bit funny. Succinct. I appreciate that. Kelly, did you write that? I did not. I did not. But it's nice to know that I'm not the only one who thought that. Did you medicate before the podcast, Shelly? You know, I got my herb on. I got my bubbly on. And maybe <laughs> that's what I should have been doing when I watched it, because maybe it would have been not See, so, uh... you can't watch movie on steroids. That's what I say. You have to take it in as is. No altering of the, the mind while watching films. Because when people say, oh, that movie is great if you're high. Well, guess what? Then it sucks. Hello, yeah. 2001 A Space Odyssey. I'm talking to you. <laughs> I agree. Chris Farley could deliver a great line and then use his body in a physical comedic bit. Here he's with, paired with David Spade, who plays the straight guy with sarcastic comments to Farley's man-child. I thought things got off to a good start and then fell flat. That's not likely a popular opinion, as this is considered as one of Farley's best. I like some of his other movies better. I didn't see Beverly Hills Ninja because, you know, I appreciate my free time. Uh, but Black Sheep was really terrible. I saw that in the theater and yikes. I don't think I've seen it. I don't think I ever watched Black Sheep. I think everybody told me it was terrible, so I listened for once. Yeah, I think I'd rather lick a theater floor but than watch that again. Gross. The worst one hour I bothered spending of my life watching something so stupid. Geez, with the corny lines and the cheesy acting, Chris Farley and David Spade made me feel like throwing up along the journey. Signed, Rachel Ray. <laughs> Next one. Estan Hacienda Cargo in the Tarjeta de Credito, yo no veo video ni película por esta vía. 
DBA, a credit de los US $2.25 a mi, mi tarjeta de crédito. Signed, David Duke. <laughs> <laughs> I got both of them. That's a win. I took five years of Spanish, Shelly. I did not need to do Google Translate on that one. There you go. Good job. Thank you. Well, not this one. It's just stupid. A waste of money, mine. Time, time, again, mine. Space on the video store shelf. And, ele and electricity required to play the worthless trash. Seriously, this should appear on Mystery Science Theater 3000 so at least the wisecracking Tom Servo could salvage something from this piece of garbage. The fat guy is supposed to be a stupid but lovable moron that somehow manages to save all the jobs in the town. Yawn. Here's where the fifth funniest person in this office thinks he's going to start his comedy career is by doing Amazon reviews. Not going to work out for you, Holmes. Bye. I love, I love the way how he said he takes up wasting space on the video store shelf. Did someone go back to 1999 and decide to plug this in for nostalgia purposes? <laughs> He brings up a good point, though. Which That's one? the worst two ninety nine I've spent in my entire life. <laughs> the worst. I could have bought a donut, you know, a real nice one. Instead, I bought Tommy Boy. Yeah, donuts are about three dollars now. I was just gonna say, what shitty ass world do we live in where a donut is three fucking dollars? This no, I said world. a really good one, a really good donut. But I know that, but you can go back and you know. In the eighties and nineties get a donut for maybe a dollar, a dollar fifty. Now it's three, and they're as good. Yeah. I well, I'd rather eat a donut and spend my money on that than have watched Tommy Boy. I wish I could have found it for free at least. I looked for it and it's not, it wasn't for free. I know. I did too. Delvin Cox did Shelly Martinez got the sacred cow. Based off what we reviewed it, I, I would say yes. I would like to think this, this was a nice three-way attack. How about that? This, this was a flying V. Of uh, of hatred, I think we've done our fair share. So let's let's give her the credit on this one, Delvin. Shall we? I agree. Good job. Good job, Shelly. Always uh, love having you. And make sure you tell everybody, hey, where can we find you? What are you up to? A lot. You just go to shellymartinez.net and s a g l l y, not e y y. Yeah, um, dummies. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite is when people tweet me and they spell it that way. It's like. My name's in my handle. <laughs> it's not EY. Um, but yeah, everything's there. Uh, my podcasts, I put videos up. I have exclusive content. I do it all, baby. So just go to ShellyMartinez.net. And you can check me out on one of her episodes from a few months ago with her and her sister. We had a, we had a good old giggle time. Didn't talk about MB NDAs, but, you know, her sister wanted to talk about penis sizes. So maybe yeah. Delvin Cox, he'd be a great comment. He'd be a great discussion for you, too. <laughs> Anyway, Delvin Cox, the aforementioned, my, our buddy, one of our day one bros. What are you up to, pal? Where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at Delvin underscore Cox. Check out the Delvin Cox experience anywhere you get podcasts. And also keep checking out Gut and Sacred Cow. Oh, and while you're checking out, make sure you leave that five-star rating, two or three sentence review for the love of Christ. That's what keeps us in the algorithm moving up guttingthesacredcow.com, kevingoatee.com for dates, shenanigans, tomfoolery, debauchery, all that good stuff. And we can't thank you enough for giving us an hour or so of your time every week for the best damn movie podcast out there. I dare you to find one better than this. You can't, because we listen to a lot of them, and a lot of them aren't good. 
But Kevin nice. Goatee, thanks Delvin Cox for riding shotgun on this puppy. And Shelia Martinez, man, what can we say that all of our fans on Twitter haven't already besides how affable and fun she is. You will hear her again. I absolutely will promise you that again. Shelly, Delvin, it's been a joy. We'll see everyone later. Take care. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.